Hey friends, we are your hosts Leanne and Llewellyn and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. We are in the second week of June and it is going swimmingly and because we had life updates last week, we don't have any for you today. So right into the episode recap, Llewellyn, take us away. All right, this week we watched season six, episode 18, titled The One Where Ross Dates a Student. Written by Seth Curland, directed by Gary Halverson, and originally aired on March 9th, 2000. Ross flirts with danger when he dates an attractive student, and after a fire damages their apartment, Rachel and Phoebe are forced to move in with their friends. Mm-hmm. All right, so in the soft open of this episode, Ross walks into the girl's apartment ready to share the anonymous evaluation results from his course, his lectures, and one girl named him the hottie of the paleontology department, which Chandler makes a joke about Uh, being a good good calendar theme, you know, like the fireman ones or like the EMT kinds. (laughs) Can you imagine... Like David Schwimmer as Ross on like the front of a a sexy calendar for paleontology. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, like those calendars that like firefighters make. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yes, no. like the hot ones. <laughs> I can't. I can't move on. Now, okay, Joey seems to know exactly how to find out who wrote it. He becomes this sort of rain man, um, and Rachel throws out the thought that it might not be a girl which has Ross kind of defending himself really quick and then doubling down. Like, it's a girl. Yeah, Rachel with the shade right at the top. So shade. But it's made immediately clear by Ross that dating a student is frowned upon. Plus, with the age difference thing, you know, they do discuss how age gaps seem less important the older you get, which I completely agree with. Like, yeah, when you're 90 and they're 80, it doesn't really matter that there's 10 years. But when you're 30 and she's 20, a lot of life happens in that time frame. So I completely agree with their premise. But Joey was thinking when Ross is 90, he'd know what it was like to sleep with a 20-year-old. My only issue with that statement is that logic still holds true if at any point in his life he was ever with a 20-year-old, regardless of how old he was. Right. Yeah. He would remember at 90 what it was like to be with a 20-year-old. So... The logic doesn't really hold up in that no. in that instance, but it's like the joke that ends the soft open. Yeah. So. Okay, wait, one quick thing. Yeah. So when they were sitting in the living room, because they were all kind of like huddled in the living room, uh-huh. Monica's apartment, the, yeah. the point where like Ross and Joey are kind of conversing over Joey's shoulder, you can see like the entrance to Monica's bedroom. And I don't know if I've just never noticed it or if it's different since Chandler moved in. But there's like, you know how like at the entrance of Rachel's, there used to be like a divider that you can kind of like see like a closed divider or whatever. But I saw one in Monica's entrance. But Mm -hmm. every time they're like in Monica's room, you never see it. So I just don't know if it just got added or what. But I like rewound the episode because I was like, did I just see like a closed divider like right in in the entrance to Monica's room that I've never noticed before. I just thought it was weird. You know, I think I remember seeing the closed divide, the, the, like the shade divider, right? Those yeah. trifold. Yeah, that's what, what you're talking about. Technically called. Yeah. I know a room divider. Maybe yeah, I maybe. feel like I have seen those more frequently when it comes to the view of Monica's room from the living room. But to your point, 
I don't know if it's ever really drawn my attention once we're in Monica's room that that divider is there. However, in Rachel's room, it's a wall. Right. It's usually very clearly a wall that is the divider, which yeah. I actually have a point about that later on that we'll talk about. Okay. But that's a good call out because it might fluctuate with Monica's room, actually. But that's yeah, a good I've call just out. Never, I've just never noticed it. And she doesn't have a wall like, like what Rachel's room did. Ever? I feel like in the series she does at some point, which I think attributes more to a lack of consistency. I don't know. I guess I just haven't paid that like, close attention that much, to it. I know. I know. Maybe if we can remember, like, looking in the background. I don't know. It is tough, but... But that's a good call still regardless, because I think it does point to some inconsistencies. Now, in the main part of the episode, we start off... Um, I keep calling it the girls' apartment, but... It's really the couple's apartment. Joey comes in to the group hanging out for breakfast and asks Chandler to get in touch with a girl that he went to mind class with to get Joey a role on a new Al Pacino movie that she's directing. Now, Joey is begging, but Chandler hasn't even talked to her in like 10 years. But the last day is on th- for auditions is on Thursday and he is adamant that Chandler remembered that date in his efforts to get an audition for that date. And do you remember his way of remembering the days of the week? Yeah, like Monday is Monday, Tuesday is no, two. Mon- Monday is one day. Oh, right. Tuesday is yeah. two day. Two day, yep. Wednesday <laughs> is the day that, no, how did he word it? The day that he nobody goes, cares? Wednesday is, wait, what, huh? What, what day? <laughs> And True. Thursday, it's third day. I actually think it's, for Joey, it's sort of brilliant. Because they do kind of sound like that once he yeah. put it out there like that. Um, Rachel comes out of the bathroom to check her messages. But when she picks up the phone, somebody is already on the line. So my guess is she picked up as the phone was about to ring. You know how sometimes no, when... No, she was calling oh. she was calling her apartment to hear her messages and somebody right. answered. So nobody was like on the line. She just was calling oh, and they answered the phone. And they answered the phone because usually it rings through and then you click yeah. through to get the code. That's right. I yeah. forgot how you get your messages. So I thought she just happened to pick up. And in my thinking, I was I was wondering how they knew to find her there. So yeah. I actually had noted that as an inconsistency in the storyline, but no. it's because I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but also, would a, would someone who's servicing your house pick up a phone call to an apartment that's not yours? I mean, they might if the owner's not there. Maybe. It just seems weird. Like the chances of it being it the does, owner yeah. don't make sense. But I yeah. guess if... People made it a habit of calling in for the messages. So there might be a little bit of an inconsistency maybe then. Okay. <laughs> okay whatever you need. feel better. <laughs> whatever you need to boost your ego. Okay. So when she picks up, someone's on the line and lets her know that there's a fire at their place. And everyone books it to leave. And Joey is thrilled because the role that he wants is to play a fireman. And he's going to get some hands-on experience with this event. Nice. So. Okay. Wait. Before you move on. Okay. Um. In the opening of this scene, and then they draw attention to it again. Monica or Chandler picks up a fruit that, or yeah, a fruit that's in the bowl on the table, and Monica tells okay. him, "I don't know what that is," which I find odd. As a chef, she would know what that fruit was. Um, oh, but 
but it's Good a call. it's a horned melon also called a kiwano oh I've, I've never heard of it but it's a horned melon which is what it looks like a melon that's got horns oh, on it okay interesting yeah you're right a chef would know even more exotic yeah. looking market fruit interesting okay now at uh, we're following we're gonna pick up with Ross's story his is sort of very much separate from the rest of the group. So he's posting grades for the semester when his anonymous evaluation submitter approaches him in the hallway. Now, she is very forward and asks him on a date. She obviously admits to being the one that called him the hottie. And she is leaning in pretty hard into this forbidden romance trope. And Ross is into it, (laughs) though... Once she throws out that they're no longer student teacher, now that the semester is over, he is like, okay, like what time, what, like what date, what do you want to do? Like, let's make this happen. So this sets up the storyline for Ross of this relationship with a student. Now at Phoebe's place, the group comes rushing in as some of the firemen are leaving, which has Phoebe temporarily distracted, and I don't blame her at all. (laughs) They find out that the fire stayed mostly on the side of the bedroom's bathroom side of the apartment, and it's bad. They're told that they can't live there, but obviously Monica offers up her and Chandler's home. She's like, they can stay with us. And the fireman hints that it might have been incense or candles, which has, at this point, Phoebe at blame for the fire. And she is devastated that it could be her fault. Um, It's funny because there's a little bit of miscommunication with Rachel thinking they're hitting on because they're like, do you have a place to stay? And she's like, how dare you? But also give <laughs> yeah. <me> your number. <laughs> um, and so there's a little bit hesitate. of... Yeah, there's a little bit of back and forth with the humor element, but that's the gist of, like, that part of the story. Yeah. Um, anything in addition to that? No, not really. Okay. So at the couple's place, Chandler is talking to the director friend on the phone and setting up a time to connect. And they do, they agree to a coffee connect And Chandler has to explain that after 10 years, you can't just call someone up, put in for a favor after not having spoken. Like there are rules to this, but and at some point, obviously, Monica comes in and that's why he's explaining it. But it comes to light that they actually did go on a date at one point and Monica isn't as happy with the terms, like uh, the turn of the event now that she has found out that they have dated um, but he kind of makes it clear this this isn't a date. It's a favor for Joey. Um, and so, yeah, so he's he's putting in some of the legwork to get this favor for Joey. Now we fast forward to the, the Coffee Connect at Central Perk and come to find out real quickly that she is not a fan of the asking for a favor after 10 years bit. <laughs> and that no. has Chandler scrambling and reevaluating his entire method because he has to be like wow that guy huh he's he does that bit okay when that's exactly what he's there to do right so it gives us a little bit of a hindrance into what he's trying to accomplish here so now he's realizing he has to put in even more work to make it look like that's not all he's there for right um and we're gonna see how that's gonna play out with 
like Monica, Joey, Chandler situation. So meanwhile, though, Monica has settled into her hosting abilities. She has set up the guest room and with a little bit of like a twinge of false humility, apologizes for the quote unquote mess because of how last minute it was to set up. I think she's fishing for a compliment here in the near future because for sure. when they walk in, of course, it's stunning and immaculate and very accommodating. And it's obvious that it is set up very welcomingly. But one thing I noticed, and I don't know if you noticed, the wall is shorter than it usually is. Yeah. Did you notice that as well? I did. And it's a different color, obviously. Right, because Rachel yeah. moved out and yeah, they've no, it is different. redecorated. Because normally it takes up the entirety of the door and it yeah. felt for the shot of them walking in the room when they needed all three of their f- reactions. You know, Monica being very proud and then Rachel and Phoebe reacting of like, wow, this is better than when I was here. And Monica was like, I know. <laughs> of, of course it is. Yeah. Um. The only thing about this room setup, which I rewound to double back to see if this was actually the case, is there's only room for one. So the other person has to sleep over at Joey's. And I did go back to look at the bed, and it is probably maybe a double or a full. Yeah, I think it looked like a full, which you could technically fit two people on, but you would be it's just very tight. close. Yeah, It's tight, yeah. there's There really is room for one. And so Phoebe takes the hit because she's the one that started the fire and Rachel very quickly agrees to this arrangement. (laughs) She pretends to feign as if she is putting up a little bit of a fight, but then quickly agrees. Yeah. So I have a couple things about this scene. Yeah. One, there was a slight mistake as Rachel goes to sit on the bed you can see the edge of the set into the living room and kitchen. So there's a slight like angle of the camera that was wrong. Um, and then also, now that we've seen the spare room, I'm wondering where did all of Chandler's things go? Uh, you know, like he well, shared that apartment with Joey. So he had to have had things that came with him, but you don't really see them ever. Yeah. Again. But if, if you think about how much effort Monica put into the argument over the chair, I don't. And Joey's apartment right now, it looks the exact same as, as it was when, yeah, as, yeah, as it was when Chandler was there. So my thought is, he had like a full, he had a full bedroom, which he probably left his, Although I don't know, like what he he probably sold his bed. Um, Maybe I don't know. I'm just wondering. I, I was like, there's literally, and I mean, I've seen New York City apartments. There's no storage. So right. There's no way that they just like stored his stuff in a closet. Well, remember that one time in the guest room closet, he's looking through some of his, or the girls looked through that closet oh, yeah, to find Christmas the Christmas present yeah. and like shuffled through his old things. So I yeah. think. I think and he maybe, just brought over a bunch of personal things and all of the bigger, like the the couches and the side tables. I think all of that stayed over at Joey's is my yeah, guess. Yeah, you're probably right. But it is 
good to note that they didn't really address it. I'm just kind of right. assuming that Monica didn't let him take over a ton of stuff. And when we look at Chan- or Joey's apartment now, it really doesn't look any different in the living room, which makes me think that Chandler only mainly took, what, his clothes, some personal yeah. items. It's not like he brought a bunch of decor in because, again, the living room looks exactly the same. So, but that is, like, a good point. Um, now... Before the wait, was that it for that part of the scene? I'm assuming just because. Yes. Okay, you said a couple things, but I just wanted to make sure I didn't cut you off. Um, now since she's the first Rachel to stay at Hotel Monica, she is about to be pampered, or so it seems. By the way, Monica is fussing over her already. She's like, "You've been through so much," and Rachel's like, "I know." Um, so she's about to get all sorts of catering to, which. Rachel, being her background, where she came from, is probably very excited about that. So over at over with Joey, we cut to Joey to get a quick Joey's to get a quick juxtaposition of how it's going to be with Phoebe over at Joey's place. There's a smell to the room or there's a smell to the apartment. He keeps his pizza on the couch. And so it just shows really quickly because Phoebe has all of her. She has a little suitcase to bring, which what would she have brought over in the suitcase? I thought everything from the bedrooms. Do do they even have any clothes left? That was sort of a weird. I mean, unless she went to the store and like bought stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, I I would have thought I keep my suitcase in my bedroom under my bed. I would have thought that even the suitcases would have been unless they had like storage somewhere. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird that. But anyways, um, it just shows the quick like, hey, it's not going to be as nice for Phoebe as it is going to be for Rachel. So they kind of put those against each other to show you the discrepancy between the two. Now, on Ross's date with the student, they talk about nicknames um, that he gave all of the students in the class because he said it's really hard to learn everybody's name. You only have a certain amount of time to do it. So he nicknamed her Cutie McPretty. <laughs> And Ross has a good time with this date and tells her it's not as weird as he thought it would be, which is easier said because as soon as Dr. Burr makes his appearance known, she is very quickly shoved into an alley or a door alcove. Yeah, that would have been so And <laughs> like it looks reflexive, like he's very much reflexive and yeah. quick to like push because he's scared. Um, but it's very funny regardless. So even though it's just frowned upon versus it being in, not like actual grounds or whatever, it seems he's acting on previous knowledge of it being frowned upon, but it, it makes it very funny. Back at Phoebe's, the girls are sort of talking about their nights Um, Rachel's is obviously better than Phoebe's when um, maybe the police, the assessor maybe reveals the true reason for the fire, which was the curling iron, Um, which isn't a curling iron. It's a straightener and it's all so burnt. You can't tell. It's so burnt that you can't tell. It's a mangled piece of plastic and iron. It's all Rachel's fault. And so we quickly follow the assumed play out of the stories by seeing Rachel getting the tour, quote unquote, at Joey's place. 
So it's very quick to show you that the same thing that happened with Phoebe happened with Rachel. And we can assume, obviously, Phoebe now gets the bedroom because it's no longer her fault at Monica's. And Rachel now has to be at uh, Joey's. So at the couple's apartment now, Monica is attentive and wonderful as host when the quote unquote fire inspector calls. Now, I didn't miss the detail that when Phoebe sits up to take the call that Monica fluffs her pillow. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I thought it was such a good little detail. Like Monica would absolutely do that. As soon as Phoebe lifted her body off the pillow, she like puts her hand on it to kind of fluff it back up. And I thought that was such a like a great attention to detail moment. Um, Now we cut to find that it's Joey acting as the fire inspector because Rachel is plotting to get herself back over into Monica's, which I guess I can not be surprised that Joey is not seen through the fact that him calling is because Rachel doesn't want to be there with him. Yeah. He's like, he's he's coordinating his own demise (laughs) sort of thing. Um, but Phoebe knows better and catches them red-handed right in the middle of the act by coming over with the phone up to her ear and Joey has to sign off as the fake inspector. Um, and Phoebe just easily walks back over to the apartment. Cool. Okay, so one thing. Shoes on furniture? How do you feel about that? Oh, no. Mm-mm. Okay, okay. She Were very there clearly... Sho- yeah, Phoebe was sitting sideways on the couch with her shoes on the couch and monica didn't say a word about it (gasps) oh i was that that is not up to her personal brand yeah no maybe phoebe's but not monica's for sure yeah yeah so that was a thing um great catch also the magna doodle i have to admit they opened and closed the door so fast and Mm. cut away from the door so quickly the amount of times in this episode that it was possible to see it that i couldn't tell what was on the magna doodle but I knew there was something, so I Googled it. And ah, according you, Google. to Google, I don't know if this is right, but according to Google, it appears to be a winged flying rocket pyramid with the Eye of Providence on top. Yes. And flames like rocket fuel shooting out of it. And then maybe like snakes and an unidentifiable rectangular object on the side. Okay. I will confirm that that's what I saw. There is another scene where the camera is angled long enough in a more still position that you can see the magna doodle okay but it's it's a different one after the door closes and it did look exactly like that but you would have had to pause it yeah i kept trying to pause it and like it wouldn't pause at the right time and i was like okay i'm tired of doing this so i just googled it and that's what for sure no i think it's a different scene with a different setup where it does capture it not moving for like a little bit longer because I know the part that you're talking about. So I think it's just a different scene altogether. Cool. Um, But that I did see that too. So that is such a weird, it feels very off brand for what they normally draw. Uh, yeah, it does. Normally it's like space cowboys or, or something simple. Yeah. Of, yeah. This one seems a little intense for the, for Joey to be drawing. Yeah, right. <laughs> that doesn't really seem on brand. Um, Now, we're still at Joey's when Ross, it's a different scene, but Ross is recapping his date with Monica and Joey. 
And honestly, Ross's nicknames are legendary, really. He keeps making different nicknames or revealing these nicknames. Wait, did you jump nicknames. over something? Oh, no, I didn't write it down. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Oh, okay. Okay. Forget what I said. Yeah, it cut to like a different scene, but we were still at Joey's. It's just a yeah. different scene. Now, yeah. Joey gives some good advice um, before ruining it with his immaturity. Um, and then Chandler comes in just to crush Joey's dreams. Um and say that he has to have more dates with this girl and Monica isn't thrilled about it because now it's gone from a coffee to a dinner. Um, so on this dinner, we fast forward and his dinner not date, I guess, out. It turns um, the conversation turns really quickly for Chandler because she has misread the situation because she thinks that Chandler is like obsessed with her, like really wants to figure out if this could be a thing um, because she says she has to go. But Chandler's like, no, stay. And she's like, oh, I see what's happening here. But it turns out for the better because she then is like, I'm so sorry. Like, what can I do? Can I do anything to make this better? And so she gives him a window to be able to ask the favor that he's been trying to do the whole time but now not make it seem as if he's been trying to get this favor the whole time. So he's able to ask about Joey after all as the favor to quench his quote unquote broken heart. And she she has to ask, is this really going to help you feel better for your friend to get this interview? And he says the heart wants what it wants (laughs) as if he hasn't been conspiring this whole time. And it's just solid gold. I loved it. So back at Monica's place, we're starting to get a sense with Phoebe that Monica might be a little more overbearing as a host than previously thought by the two girls. Though when she, maybe I was hungry or really wanting like an afternoon snack, I thought those cookies sounded so good. (laughs) I was like, I need to go buy some cookies and make them because there's something about like the gooiness of them that was calling to me in that moment. But essentially, when Monica leaves the room, she tries to, Phoebe tries to lock her out, (laughs) thinking that she is following right behind her because she had offered her the cookies. But when she went to take them, Monica said, what, no crummies in bed or something of the sort. And so she thought that Phoebe was following her out to get the cookies. But then she goes to lock the door. And so Monica comes back in and says, what are you doing? And Phoebe has to say, I guess this door doesn't lock. (laughs) Um, Which I thought was like, poor Phoebe was just trying to get away. I agree Uh, with Monica here, which would come as no surprise to you. It doesn't come as any surprise to me at all. I honestly don't eat in my bedroom at all unless like I'm not feeling well. And so I'm like isolated to my room or on nights where we record like this and then I'll eat at my desk. But I there's no food enters my room. Hardly. Okay. Wow. I I think it it has to do. (laughs) (laughs) I think it has to do with the whole like I hate bugs thing. And to me, like crumbs breed bugs. So the less crumbs I have, the less bugs hopefully I will have. Okay. So that's my theory. Okay. And I just so don't it's like less yeah. about the. It's less about the d- 
supposed like dirtiness of the crumbs. It's yeah. It's more of the the potential result of having crumbs for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting dive into that. We don't really. Ha- I mean, you've seen my apartment. We don't really have the room unless I want to sit on the couch, which is right outside of my roommates. It's a very small right. place. There's no room, yeah. so I only ever eat in my bedroom. <laughs> which one day I would love to not have to be able to do. Yeah. I and that. I think if I think if like my, maybe my roommate didn't live here, if I had the whole place to myself, I would probably eat in the living room more often. Um, but right now, that's just it. Just that's not plausible <laughs> for me. So, um, okay. In Joey's apartment across the hall, at probably the same time, an opposite scene from what just transpired over <laughs> at Monica's is happening over at Joey's. They are eating. They're eating in the living room on miss like these chairs and Rachel accidentally drops spaghetti, which red pasta sauce, bad for coloring, like because it dyes whatever is on it. Yeah. She's apologizing profusely for it. But Joey's like, it doesn't matter. Hey, you're at Joey's like drops them on the floor himself. Rachel's like, ha ha, throws her own down. He's like, OK, well, it's still food. You don't want to <laughs> waste it. Um, so Rachel is kind of shocked that this is this is what's happening over here. I'm at Joey's now. This is what we do at Joey's. So it sets up a very different scene again to contradict what's happening yeah. over at Monica's It's like place. night and day difference. Uh, yes, yes. Polar opposites, one might yes. say. <laughs> so downstairs in the cafe, I think this is the only scene that we have in the cafe this episode. Yeah. The um, Ross no. and... No, they were in the cafe on their like first meeting uh oh you're right i did yeah, just, but they oh, were for the coffee the connection yeah that's right that's right that's right you're right yes it was a different part of it that's maybe why Before any of our friends it. call us out for 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 not remembering that's true um okay yes thank you for the correction llewellyn um ross and the student are on another date when three of the professors come in and it has ross stressing again he lays down on her lap to try and avoid being seen by them. And to her to her credit, she's not having it. She recognizes what's happening, calls him out on it, and Ross has to buck up, um, which he does accordingly. And he braves the introduction. However, <laughs> as soon as he does that, one of the one of the professors says, you are so fired. And he it takes him aback a little and we find out that it is in fact against the rules to date a student. It is not just frowned upon. Right. And that has Ross stressing out a little bit. Um, Back over at Joey's, him and Rachel are now throwing soaked paper towels to stick to the TV cabinet. Uh, when Chandler comes in asking about Joey's plans for Thursday now, Joey thinks he's being cruel <laughs> because he said, you obviously know that I'm saving that day until yeah. he understands that he did, in fact, get him the audition. Now, Phoebe comes over at this time begging to switch apartments with Rachel. But Rachel isn't falling for Phoebe's what I'm calling martyrdom because she's trying <laughs> to be a martyr by making Rachel 
you know, be compelled to change places. But Rachel's just having too much fun. And what what's interesting about the last end of the storyline is they didn't really follow it through. But what we can assume is that Phoebe took the water bowl full of soggy paper towels and is maybe going to force her ejection from Monica's place by making a mess. I mean, is that kind of what you got? Because she took the bowl of water. Yeah, I think she she just wanted to like get kicked out. Yeah. On purpose. I think so, too. I just wish they would have followed that through because what if we're it just it. I don't know. I think it could have been a little bit more clear what she was doing. I don't know. Maybe that was clear enough, but I'm I'm not giving it as much credit. So now in the last scene of the main part of the episode, we're at Ross's place. And <laughs> what do you know? He's got the handbook with him at his apartment. And it is, in fact, against the rules. However, once again, as I pointed out at the beginning, she doubles down on the trope that it is forbidden and she's seducing him with that which he of course as a man follows suit can't help but get all hot and bothered about the fact that this is so sexy that they are breaking rules to make this happen and we kind of end with them going at it anything else for like any other comments or the main parts um the only thing is that the scene right before this when they were throwing the towels um oh yeah every time every time they like showed the towels on the entertainment center Mm -hmm. um they were in different positions and kind of moved around so you could tell like the scenes were different were shot at different times so it was just inconsistent with that which would make sense it's not like they would stick once they start to dry they fall off so it's essentially the large equivalent of a spitball yeah, yeah. I, just <laughs> I just can't with this whole storyline. I just, I just thought of that. <laughs> Luckily, it's not spit. It's just water. Yeah. It was such a weird, it was such a weird thing a for weird them thing. to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in the tag, Chandler comes into Joey's asking, how did the audition go? And Joey completely forgot to attend. So he, he books it out of there. Um, and that kind of ends. I know that's okay. a really quick synopsis of it. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just have to just think about this. Imagine being in the studio audience because the show had a live studio audience. Right. And seeing, seeing Joey realize what, what his mistake was, run out the door, turn, <laughs> run back in the door to get the pizza yeah, and then run back out the door. You could tell. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed with the, the laughter, like they mm. laughed when he realized and he starts booking it towards the door. But then there was like a subtle laugh. And I'm assuming that was the people that could see him in the hallway because oh. we couldn't see him in the hallway. But from the studio audience perspective, you could see the hallway. And my guess is they probably saw him and were cracking up at the fact that he was coming back before the rest oh. of the audience realized he was coming yeah. back. I'm like, that would have been to be a fly on the wall to see that. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, it's almost like they had a little inside glimpse of yeah, more of be. the scene than we did. Because I feel like that wouldn't have made sense as two separate takes. Like, they would have had to make that one take. Like, he came out, and then he went back in. 
yes it, it just flowed so well so i thought it was fun that's great yeah no that's good i like that um okay what was your favorite scene for this episode uh um i don't know i i know i'm going I over mean, the notes trying to find yeah um probably I don't know, probably that end, because it was just so cringy to me with the whole food storyline. Um, probably that last scene, just realizing that tag again. I'll stick with the tag again two weeks in a row. Um, yeah. I just thought it was funny. I mean, otherwise, like, the episode really didn't do much for me. I, I know. it's It was funny. I I think maybe... The moment that Chandler realizes he can maximize on the misunderstanding from his director friend that she's misread it and that he can turn it for his benefit. That moment of his realization and him pretending he's heartbroken, I think, was pretty good face acting for Matt Perry. And so I think it allowed me to enter into that moment. So I think maybe for me, that's my favorite. But it wasn't as outstanding as last week's. So then based on that, like, I mean, comparing it to last week's too, that's kind of hard. But how would you rate it? Um, Honestly, I'm going to say, ooh, this is bad. Um, Probably a, an, an oh my God. Uh-huh. Just because, like, I mean, it had its moments, but overall, like, it's not an episode I really remember or really care to watch again. I'm already having to remind myself of the story. So, dating the student, Joey's audition, oh, and then the apartment being on fire and the whole roommate situation. Yeah, I I think, uh, I think I'll give it a... Mm, Marcel maybe a Marcel plus a tag because I know that there's episodes that are worse than this one it's just not by much I've already forgotten about it I could probably never see it again and not remember that it's being left out except for that I know that the storyline of Ross and this girl continues so it would obviously it's not a one-off for sure, like by far, but it's just not the greatest. So, um, okay, post-show wrap-up, trivia. Yes. Uh, Hopefully, okay. better than last week. <laughs> we were what? o for o, o for two. Yeah. What was the name of the woman Rachel's ex-fiance married? Mindy. Yes, nailed it. Cool. What are Ross and Monica's parents' names? Uh, oh. Jill. Wait. No. Um, um, wait. Is it George? <laughs> no. No. It's, um, oh, shoot. Why are we terrible? It's, it's right there. It, okay. Ross and Rachel. Uh, Ross and Monica. Ross and Monica. Ross, oh, <laughs> Ross and Monica. And their parents, Geller. Green. Oh, yeah. Wait, Green. Geller. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is not going well. Oh, no. Wait, um, Joe. No. <laughs> Wait, is it Trudy? 
Oh, wait. No, you're getting close, though. I've refused. Don't look Judy? at the back of this card. I'm not. <gasps> Judy. Judy. No, you are right. Judy. Judy? Something in Judy Geller. Are you sure it's not Doug? It's not Doug. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, this is, this is, I am crushed. You looked, didn't you? I did not. I've not looked. Hold on. Uh, it's definitely Judy. It's Judy. It's for sure Judy. It's not George, is it? No, it's not I, George. I see. I already said that too. And you said no. Um, I don't think it's George though. Okay. Richard is friends with him. What name goes with Richard? <laughs> <laughs> Which name goes with Richard? <laughs> They're not married. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm going to be are, crushed. Friends are laughing at us right now. Do you want me to look? Is it? No. Is it Bill? Oh. No. What goes with Judy? Judy. It rolls right off your tongue. Something in Judy Geller. I, I know. I'm going to be so upset Jim? with us. Is it a J? Is it a J? All right. What's your final answer? George. <laughs> That's not it. I know it's not. Okay. I just looked. You looked. It's, what is it? it? It's the simplest name possible. I know. No. Uh, go ahead. I tell you without I'm telling so... you. <sighs> tell me you don't know his name without telling me. Oh, what's his name? So we were right. We were right about Judy. Okay, I know that sounds. That's right. Yes. Tim. Oh my gosh, it's the easiest name ever. No, it's the same letter. Joe. Oh, t- uh, Tom. Wait, no. no, Tom is Tom Selleck for Richard. Um, wait, same letter as Judy. Yeah. I knew. I knew it was like consonant, consonant. Um, yeah. and it's. It's um, Judy. Okay, Titanic. So. Think of Titanic. James, Jim, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Jake. Wait, Jake. That's no. Uh, Jack. Oh, Close. Jack. <laughs> Jack and Judy Geller. Oh, I feel terrible. And we are officially done with this podcast. It's like Jack and Jill, but Jack, and, oh, I am so mad at us. And we knew it. We knew it. I know we knew it. Yeah. Oh, I'm heartbroken for our fr- our friends right now that are listening. And they've maybe already stopped listening. They maybe stopped listening. Because they're probably the whole time we're sitting there like Jack. It's they're like, Jack. It's, guys, it's Jack. It's, it's Jack. Easy, it's obviously an easily Jack. I've done that. I've done that before <laughs> listening to podcasts where they're talking about something and they can't Me quite too. figure it out. And I'm like, it's I know. this. It's this. I know. It makes you want to call in. That's how upset yeah. you are. And then yeah. you're like, well, they won't get it for weeks because they're pre-recorded. Anyways. Okay. Well, that was a heartbreaker, friends. So now <laughs> let's go to you guys with our social media spotlight. And as I said last week, we had so many in our month hiatus that I am slowly trickling through some of the older to the newer ones. So it, even if you've messaged us and we haven't gotten to you yet, we will. Um, so my next one. Um, is from Fran. Uh, she has messaged us before, so this is not a new friend, but she's our friend nonetheless. So she said, hey girls, I'm listening to your last episode and had to press pause to talk to you. It's so cool that you're both learning other languages. I'm Brazilian, as I've said before, and taught myself English 
and I've taken some online classes of French, some Korean, and Japanese. So hard, is what she said. Interesting interesting enough, I never liked Spanish, only studied in high school, but never wanted to get better in it. Learning that Llewellyn is taking Spanish classes and is interested in Portuguese, she said, oi. <laughs> I'm curious in why you're interested in such a different language. I think Spanish is way more useful, like English is for me. And I have to advise you that learning these two languages at the same time is not so simple. There is many words that have similar writing and pronunciation, but of completely different meaning, like borracha. In Portuguese means rubber, and in Spanish it means drunk. Um, those words are called falsos cognatos. I don't know the English translation for that. Um, Probably now I'm heading. would be my guess. May, yeah, like maybe that's where you could trace it back to like Latin or whatever. Yeah. Um, now I'm heading back to listen to your podcast. Bye. Okay, Fran. So helpful. So Llewellyn. You, you want my answer? Yeah. Um, why are you interested in such a simple answer? Okay. Yes. I'm not like, I'm going to be real honest. I don't really want to learn Spanish. The reason I'm learning Spanish is because it is a common language that you hear now all over the place. Like you can go just about anywhere I feel like in the world and hear people talking in Spanish. So I mm-hmm. feel like it's just something, and especially with me living in America and specifically Florida, um, which has a huge population that speaks Spanish, it's helpful to know kind of a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm learning Spanish. I don't necessarily want to learn it, if that makes sense. That sounds terrible, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> not to um, offend all of our Spanish-speaking friends right, out there. Right. It's not like the language I'd love to he- love to learn, but I'm doing it for practical reasons. Um yeah. Portuguese. The reason I want to learn Portuguese is because I've always loved Brazil and I've always wanted to visit Brazil and I know that that's oh. the language I speak there. So I, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. So I've always wanted to go there and I figured if I could know some of the language before I go there, like obviously I won't be proficient in it, but like just knowing some would be nice. But I am highly aware that they are hard to learn at the same time, um, which is why I haven't really been doing Portuguese. I've been kind of going through Spanish and I'll probably do that for a little while. And then maybe jump over to Portuguese at some point when I feel a little stronger mm. in Spanish. But I do know that they're very similar and like have a lot of crossovers. So I appreciate your calling me out on that. <laughs> but I do. I am well aware. I also wanted to clarify that when I said I didn't know that, I meant that I didn't know that you wanted to go to Brazil, not that Portuguese oh, was it. the language of Brazil. <laughs> okay. I just yeah. realized my timing after I said it. <laughs> I was like late responding to you, but... No, that's super cool. Fran, thanks for reaching out and asking us those questions. Um, speaking of Llewellyn, how are you doing on your Duolingo? Are you Good. have you stayed consistent? Are you still I on have. a streak? I am. I, I don't remember what day it was today. I'm in the thirty somethings, close to forty days. Um Okay. But yeah, I it's getting harder. Like I've gotten to the point where yes. like, okay. it's starting to get harder. And my I'm kind of I think I'm I should not do it when I'm doing it. I've been doing it in the morning as soon as I get to work when I'm kind of like waiting on the mm. male person to get there. I'm like doing it so then I can't do the speaking portion. So I haven't done a whole lot of like speaking, which I don't like because I want to be able to like actually speak it. So yeah, um, yeah, I need to start doing it like maybe when I wake up or like maybe right before I go to bed or something. I don't know. But I um, do it during my lunch break. Yeah. I also because it gives me the excuse to eat by myself. Yeah, I also um, don't, I didn't get the unlimited version yet. I want to. Oh. Um, so I only have like five hearts and they do, they take forever oh, yeah. to refill. Yep. 
Yeah. So sometimes like I'll like there a couple, a couple days ago I had a bad lesson and I lost like four of them and so I'm like right, this is gonna take forever and it took till like the next morning for me to get all five back. I think it's like twenty minutes between each one, isn't it? Or is it more than that? It's like three or four hours to rejuvenate <gasps> one no. heart. Yeah, it's Ouch. forever. I wonder if, I wonder if we can get on a family plan. And yeah, I then thought about that. Just remake the difference because I do have the unlimited. I think I let my trial. I I didn't cancel it quick enough, so it just automatically yeah. like charged me for a year. So I thought, well, I'm preparing to go to Paris anyway, so I, I've already I paid for it. It's out of my bank account. So, but I'm wondering if we could pay the difference and do the plan together. Maybe I'll see if I can set up a family plan and get you involved or something. Yeah. Maybe we can figure it out at a later time. Cool. I am on. Uh, today will be day 140 when I do nice. it. Um. I also saw that you were promoted to the Sapphire League. Good for you. That's awesome. Um. I did drop from diamond to uh, obsidian, but I've held obsidian for the last couple of weeks. I just haven't, when I was trying to recover, I literally did one thing a day. You know, in the workout zone area, the one with the dumbbell, they added words. You know how they had mistakes and stories, but now they added words where it was kind of yeah. like flashcards, but also sounds. Yeah. I love to do that on a day where I know I can't do more than one lesson just time wise, but I need to get something in. Because then I can not only do like quick word um, correlation, but also listen real quick because I'm trying to tune to listen. Um, yeah. So I did like the addition of that recently. But anyways, OK. Um, so thanks, Fran, for that. I, um, uh, uh, Acacia, um, Acacia, she reached back out to us, sent us a reel um, of... <laughs> It's the cutest thing. It's um, of a mom with her kid, and it's uh, like a little recliner chair, and it says, no Cocomelon. We only allow our baby to watch educational shows, and then it pans to the TV and its friends on the Pivot episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so cute. So thanks for sending that. And then she also said that the Flames did not make the playoffs. We were beaten by the Jets, sadly. Oh, man, I know that this is going to come out at a way later time, but the overtime on these playoff games has been insane. Apparently, one of the first games in a playoff, uh, I didn't watch it, but they were up until like, I think maybe past midnight. It was ridiculous how long it took. They went into four overtimes, which is absurd. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so thanks uh, for reaching back out to us about that. And then um, a couple more. Um, Pete, uh, who is following back up, they said, um, oh, about us saying like a lot. <laughs> he said, not a problem. It's funny. By the way, I'm in Florida also. That's awesome. Um, I'm sure Llewellyn's giving you a wave uh, wherever, she, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> wherever you guys are coordinated from. And also said, I'm so sorry to hear of the unexpected health problem. I certainly hope she gets better soon. Obviously talking about me. Now I feel bad for calling you guys out for saying like too much. Yeah, that's what you get, Pete. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> feel better soon. I'll send some positive vibes your way and hope it helps. Well, thanks, Pete. Appreciate that. Appreciate you reaching out. 
I appreciate the laugh. And then uh, Kirsty, also a fellow friend of ours, said, I heard that Leanne had a health emergency. I hope she feels better soon. Can't wait to hear another episode. Obviously not until she is well again. Love you too. Thanks, Kirsty. I appreciate you so much. Um, I guess I could have read those last week when we first came back, but I wanted to do it in order of how um, long it had been since some of them had messaged. And so there were obviously some before that. So because we had been planning on recording and then it had to stop. So anyways... That wraps up this week's social media spotlight. Now recommend to a friend. You've got some stuff on here. Oh, you changed. Yeah. We'll um, go for it. Whichever one you pick. I think you've got two. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to put them in order of release. So oh, yeah, yeah. I've got four on here <laughs> for the yeah. next couple weeks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you guys all know that I love music and all those things. So I'm always down for like new music. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, I this I mean it was a couple I think it was last month it came out um Ed Sheeran just dropped his new album called Subtract and it's I I mean I've listened to Ed Sheeran through the years like I like his music but he's never been somebody that I like an album drops and I have to listen to it um but my sister-in-law was down here like right before the album dropped and we were listening to some of the songs that had already been released because you know they do the whole like pre-release thing um and the day it dropped, she literally texted me and she's like, I don't even know if you listen to him, but I have to tell somebody about this album because it's it's absolutely incredible and I think you need to listen to it. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. So I literally just put it on one day when I was at work. Mm-hmm. And I, I kid you not, this doesn't happen to me very often, but sometimes there's just an album or there's a song or something that just like brings me to tears. Oh. And when I when I say this 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 album, not this not any song specifically, but like this album, like moved me to tears, and um, I've kind of like read people's reviews on it, like what different people have thought, and it's really, and the the thing I could like gather about it most is like, Ed was going through a lot of different like losses and big events in his life and all this and everything, and so this album is like really heavy on like grief and loss, and I think just like some of the songs like it just really hit me mm-hmm. and like kind of brought back that like not like brought back because I feel like grief is a journey and you may never be like completely over it as you know as it, as it looks like just because years have gone by doesn't mean you can't still be sad about something um yeah. but it's just so good like some of his songs like they're just so relatable um and even though like to him they're obviously specifically about a like a certain person but like you can think about anybody in your life or anything in your life. It doesn't have to be a person specifically, um, but it's just so good. And it's such an easy, I feel like he's somebody that's so easy to just like listen to in the background anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but this album in particular, just listening to it, I was like, Oh my gosh, like it, it's like a roller coaster, like through the whole thing. And like, like really when you could tell like when things were bad and then like kind of when things started to like open back up, um, I don't know. It's good. So I, I highly recommend, but I do just want to give a disclaimer that it is very, it is kind of heavy. Um, and it is very like about like grief and loss and like healing and that type of stuff. So if you're not into that or if that like is triggering at all, I would recommend not listening to it. But otherwise I think it's, it's incredible. Wow. I yeah. am also not somebody who's an Ed Sheeran f- follower. I don't not yeah. like his music. I just have never followed but I saw one thing online of someone mentioning that they thought it, they're like, oh, it was really deep. And Ed was yeah. like, yeah, I just really had to get it out. And so I was like interested. So then you telling me that review 
it made that reel that I saw, it brought it into context. So I might just yeah. listen to it because that's a great review. Thanks for that. Yeah, of course. Um, my recommend to a friend is something that I discovered. <laughs> this is so <laughs> uh, completely different. Um, I discovered this when my sister came to visit to help me in my recovery. This is so interesting because where the where the five incisions are, they land at a spot in my stomach that's that's right where all of the high-waisted like sweatpants and joggers where they land on your stomach yeah and normally those are cinched in such a way that like i didn't want that discomfort right on the place where my incisions were so it was really hard to find something in recovery to wear because all of my leggings are pretty tight and i didn't want the pressure there already Plus, with them being, like, longer, I don't know. It was just really hard to find something to be comfortable in. But my sister had brought a couple of pairs of her biker shorts just to wear while we're lounging around the house. And she offered them to me because I was sort of complaining about these joggers that I kept having to push them lower. But because they cinch, it just made it uncomfortable, lower down. It was just uncomfortable. So she offered me her her biker shorts <laughs> and I'm I have never worn biker shorts. I have never been that person to wear them like casually or even athletically just because I don't really like my legs. Um, the idea of you finding my lower legs being shaved all the time to even wear them just is not likely. So I just kind of have avoided them. But and I will say my sister is a larger size than me. So the size that she had, they're not so tight that they were uncomfortable. They're actually quite they still cling to the skin, but not in such a way that normal leggings like cinch or, you know, you know what I mean? Like how they have that yeah. like tight feeling. Yeah. They don't do that because she's a little bit um, a little bit larger than me. Um but they have been the most every day when I come home from anything, I put I put these biking shorts on. I'm gonna return them to her eventually, but this has caused me to reconsider bike shorts um, because they've been the most comfortable thing to have on when like chilling around the house and walking, and doesn't put pressure on any points that I don't need them. Obviously, because they're in a size that's what I would larger and what I wouldn't normally get, they've been more comfortable that way. But they've obviously, at this point, taken the place of sweatpants for me, even though they don't, you know, it's not like they're thick and insulating, but they've just been very comfortable. So if you're looking for something that's a little different than leggings or sweatpants or joggers that don't cinch you up in weird areas or force you know, tightness in that upper stomach area, like around your actual waist area, get you a pair of biker shorts, maybe size up so that they're a little bit more relaxed, fit, and comfortable um, because these have changed my life. So highly recommending bike shorts to a friend. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Okay, next week we are going to cover the one with Joey's fridge. Yeah, so we'll catch you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast. <laughs>